Yeah, okay. On your marks, yeah. get set, go. And thank you for joining your host Andrew Davis to Tune Talk Radio with Gravity Radio Northeast. If you have any questions tonight, you can go to two places. You can go to my Twitter, which is Andrew14AD, or you can go to www.fansonline.net slash Newcast United and click the green button to listen into the show, or also hit the message tab where I will ask your question live and exclusive to all of our guests on the show. Remember to go to www.gravityradionortheast.co.uk and add us on the TuneIn app. You can also uh, call the show, which is 0191 538 9781 and talk live in the studio or register your interest on the message board. Well, that was a digital me. This is the real me. Uh, We have a new website as well for anybody that's listening all over the world. You can go to www.toontalk.co.uk and you can give me all your views on what's been happening in Newcastle United the last week or so. Well, the last 48 years, what's been going on in Newcastle United lately. But if you want to get your uh, questions in for any of our guests tonight on the show, please go there and you can register your questions. And if you've got any questions you want them to answer or demand that they answer, just go there and we will endeavour to ask the questions at the top of the show. So, uh, what I'd like to, the first I'd like to bring in, Neil Mitchell is my regular co-host in Dubai. Good evening, Neil. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? You're pressing the wrong button and you're all over the place this, this evening, Andrew. What's going on? Hey, not many times I fall down, but tonight I'm falling down. Uh, obviously, uh, right. Neil is obviously in the studio. We're going to talk all about Newcastle. Uh, but bringing our first guest of the evening, it's Keith Big Sam McSteer. Uh, bloke, generally happy, always busy, lovely wife to two great kids. Very lucky bloke. Uh, he's obviously a, a, Newca- uh, sorry, he's a son and supporter. And we're going to get his take on what's, what we look forward to at the weekend and also on what he thinks of Newcastle United's appointment of Rafa Benitez. Good evening, Keith. How are you? Good evening, Andrew. How are we doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Obviously, we've got Neil in Dubai, so he, if you've got any uh, questions, I'm sure Neil would jump in. So, it's your debut tonight. Um, just tell me, what was your initial thoughts when you, you thought uh, seven in a row was coming when you heard that Rafa Benitez was taken over as Newcastle manager? Well, my thoughts are still the same about the seven in a row. That hasn't gone away with Rafa arriving, so we'll just crack on from there. However, Rafa, if you want me to view on him, 
not a bad appointment. Maybe a little bit too late. I think you left us Newcastle fan that, but it's looking late in the day to appoint him, I would think. Good guy, but wrong type. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I must have when it was interesting, wasn't it? Because Craig Hope kind of started the whole banana skin, didn't he? Uh, when he was uh, being goaded by um, by Steve McLaren at the press conference, um, uh-huh. and, and it just it, the the slippery slides to for him getting the sack. That was quite. I've never. I, I must. Have, I don't know about you, but obviously, normally uh, with the with the media, it's always been the Chronicle that breaks stories. But with multimedia now, um, everybody kind of has a in with everybody. But Craig getting that starting the, the, the you know the pandemonium was quite an eye opener. Obviously, it's kept um, most of Newcastle United fans on edge the whole week. Well, it maybe has. He did maybe start the ball rolling, but I think there was something mm. bubbling away for weeks. The fans have never been pleased with him. He is your manager. I would never pick McLaren from day one, but I'm glad you said and you were stuck <laughs> with him. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's one thing. But he was, he was never the man for the job. He just hasn't got enough about him. And to be honest, it was going to happen. And I, I do feel it's a little bit copycat the way he was just sacked the guy two games before a derby. I think that's pretty shallow, that, you know. It's not a guaranteed route to success, but we'll see. You know, it's at the weekend. We'll let we'll let the the, the players decide the outcome of that one rather than managers. Once they cross that that white line, there's nothing the manager can do, and he's only got the players he's inherited, and they're not a happy bunch, and they're not particularly brilliant. So that Sunday, I'll not predict the score, but I'm still hopeful as ever that seven in a row hasn't disappeared yet, fella. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, when you when you drew against Southampton. I must admit, obviously, I thought you deserved to win that game, but it it, it looks that to me it look could be uh, irrespective of playing Newcastle on Sunday. That to me was a very, very uh, in the end, obviously a bad draw because I, I, you sense with with Sam's frustration that um, you know that's one he really needed coming up to the derby, and obviously with the, the amount of time you've, you've got left over before playing us. Yeah, you might say that, but, you know, we're looking dead and buried against Liverpool and we got out of that one, so, you know, we've, we've rescued points and threw them away equally and that's a case of you kind of keep a clean sheet, so I, I think he's come in halfway through a season early enough to do something and I, I think his January signings were decent, so, you know, we could dwell on it, but we're through a whole load of points away long before Sam came on the scene. Mm. And the Southampton point, yeah, late goal, it was a blow, but you've got to take it. I think the one thing that we have proved, we went behind. Liverpool game I've just mentioned, prime example, mm. we do pick ourselves up. So I wouldn't say it'd been a mighty blow. Yeah, we'd love the extra two points, but we ain't got them. Had a rest at the weekend. We'll watch, we'll watch you fellas tonight on the TV and look forward to Sunday as we always do, albeit squeaky bum times there, Sam's catchphrase, and that's definitely what it is for both of us, you know. Neil, do you think uh, Keith should be worried for Sunday? I think let's get tonight out of the way first. I think we need to see how our players respond to Benitez, um, even though he's only had them a short period of time. Um, I, I, I think that's that's when we'll see how it, how it goes. I think I tend to agree. I think it's it, we've appointed Rafa too late for me. I, I would have had it McLaren out 10 games ago. Because how many games did he want judged after? It was 10, then it was 12, then it was 15. You know, it was just like, well, this is ridiculous. It's quite obvious it's not working. Um, they've got the one one thing that makes a difference in that they've got somebody in Defoe who can poach a goal. 
uh, and you you have to wonder where I was I coming from, and that that's the thing leading the derby that I look at, and I think well, it, we've got to see what, what the performance is tonight. I think the result tonight, it, it's almost a free goal. We're not expecting to get anything out of the game tonight at all, but if we get a hell of a performance, that might give us hope for coming up because it's really still in our own hands. Mm. We've got Sundon to play, we've got Norwich to play, we've got Swansea to play, we've got Crystal Palace to play, all whom are not playing well at the minute, and all beatable. Um, and, and yeah, that, that lady equaliser at Southampton could yet prove costly for Sundon, but you, you really don't know because everybody's scrambling for every point they can get at the moment. At the top end of the table, you only have to look at last week. I think it was Leicester City dropped points and everybody was thinking disaster. And everybody else that played the night later, they didn't get a single point. So that's happening at the top of the table as well. So I wouldn't dwell on the Southampton game. And no joke, and I've been to enough derbies in my life, you know, the game is different. And then Andrew tried to like hook it into prediction there on the seven in a row. I'm hopeful of it, but, you know, you still go into it. Winning the last six doesn't guarantee you the seventh. It's still a derby game, freshly at every single time, whether it be a one thirty kickoff, noon kickoff, or three o'clock. It's still a risky game for both sides, and it's how somebody sells. I think first ten minutes in a derby game, rather than what's went before. You know, in the last six weeks of turmoil with manager changes, mm. it's down them players settling, being nick a goal. Mm. Get the crowd behind you. That that's a derby game, isn't it? Really, no matter if you're at the top of the table, Arsenal, Spurs, or ourselves up here at the bottom of the table. For, 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 for foot, footballs, um, um, is it, it, it's cyclical, and you know, it, and it's not that long ago there was almost a generation of Sunderland fans hadn't seen them beat us, and it just yep. goes wrong in cycles, and and there it goes, and where. We've got to take it on the chin and, and act with a bit of dignity, particularly with, um, I want to say, our fans act with a bit of dignity over certain other things that could happen and be brought up. Um, because it, 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 that's the way I want it to be, is we have to take the, the six in a row on the chin and just get on with it. And hopefully we've got a manager in place who can inspire our players to, to stop that particular rot. I think it's quite sad for the both, you know, it's sad for the region that we're both down there. And that the biggest well, thing we can talk about is six in a bloody row when we should be exactly. talking about who who's qualifying for Europe. Exactly. We're wondering about who's going to get relegated. It's ridiculous. Pretty much every season, I agree with you. To be honest, I'd be happy if you were having a half decent season, season as long as every season I was as better. Only that's my view all the time. Mm. You know, laugh at, laugh at a few setbacks you get. You know, if you get a hammer, and that's for me. Great laugh at laugh at the mags' expenses. Generally, a little bit of banter, but. If we're both sitting in the, in the bottom end, it's not much fun because ultimately everybody else is laughing at us and you go away on holiday, obviously from Pontilland Airport, and uh, you get yourself away and people just don't respect North East in general. If the football's not going well, and let's face it, it hasn't been. It's making the news for all the wrong reasons. Even down the little smoke city down the road there, you know, they've got their problems mm. now. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, what did you think of the Karanka? It's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? I couldn't even call that. I don't know what went on there. Like it's rare that a manager storms out. Bloody hell! You've got mm. McLaren clinging on for his life, and there's Karanka just walking <laughs> out of his own accord. So God knows what goes on there. Like, but they all seem to come up with smelling the roses and the massive big pier packet. So I don't know what's going to happen down there. He, you know, he's in the position still. He's still in the poor position to get the automatic promotion. So I don't think things are going that bad. If he's had a pop with a player. Why not? And he should. And I can't believe a player said something back to a guy that's so bad 
that he couldn't take it himself if he was dishing that he should be able to take it rather than storming out but I'm sure he'll find out in a few days not that I'm it too good it seems to be all over Stuart Downing and the relationship Downing has with the chairman which is, 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 is that to me is close to one of the most unusual things I've heard coming out of a football dressing room in a long time um, to, for it to get to the point where the manager chucks his toys out the cotton walks it's usually the player in the huff Who's, exactly. you know, these days got an agent agitating for a transfer somewhere because people don't put transfer requests in anymore because they lose, lose a touch of cash. So they, they, they just create a scene which creates a, a fait accompli. And what a, what a weird situation to see a manager storm out it, in the hoof. It's just bizarre. Yeah, but that's, I'm totally uninterested in them. I've got to be honest. Team is a pass on the way down. I couldn't care less about the Borough. I don't see them as my rivals. I don't really consider them. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, with um, did you, obviously you probably heard the news of um, when Margaret Bryn left. Would you would you take Nal Quinn back? I, I thought that was a bit of an odd one anyway. But would you want him there? Well, if you're talking to me, Andrew, we obviously haven't been following me Twitter feed. I've put me, I've put myself. <laughs> the job because to be honest <laughs> the 664 a year salary is not a bad little pay and I've offered Quinny I would I would do a job share with Neil if he can't make it and to be honest I'd do the 332 a year 332 grand not a bad wage you know job share with Neil that would be fine by me but there's been a lot of talk I don't know if he can come back I think I think he left not at remorse but I think he mm. had a different view when ultimately his time was up he knew it mm. and he left at the right time it could be interim, but I think they need somebody. Unfortunately, uh, your guy is have got Charlie's an idiot, mm-hmm. but you need somebody who's maybe city orientated and then business like, but keeps himself mm-hmm. or herself away from the football side of things, which she did. To be fair, generally, you know, she didn't get into too much trouble. The, the canyon thing, mm-hmm. she handled that a bit badly. She didn't quite jump on the press then. And this has been a disaster, which I'm not going to go in as a QC's job to discuss the Johnson mm-hmm. situation. But yeah. I think she had a, a brilliant role and for, for the last 12 months not to revisit that particular case. Mm. What was going on? She introduced the QC and ultimately how she made such a mess of it. After a month or two and it was like not going away, you'd think, hey, I best have a look at me decision again. I better have another look. Mm. So back to Niall Quinn. If it's yeah. 20 for a short time, great, great guy's been for the club, you know, and you talk about people that have been good for Newcastle, could mm. certainly be that for us. So if he came, I wouldn't be disappointed, but I don't think he's the man for it moving forward long term. Did, did I did like the bit about, um, obviously, I've been talking to a lot of Newcastle fans about this, that um, um, when it comes to Alan being involved back in the club, now, you put Alan <laughs> Shearer in amongst Newcastle players, they'll get focused pretty damn quick. Um, that could be an interesting rig, especially when they've, there seems to be, they've been talking, at least Alan's come out and said they've been talking. I think um, even if you put him in for one day before we play Sunderland, whew, I'll tell you one thing, it, it, I think with every game going forward, Newcastle seemed to, seemed to be a bit better when Alan was in amongst it. Obviously he got the manager, then he, then he became uh, a, a coach, whatever. But it could be an interesting uh, wriggle going forward, couldn't it? Uh, getting him back somewhere in the club. That's the one for Neil. That that's your club there. I don't know. Neil, what, what do you think? think getting anybody who has a history and understands how the club works. Mm. For me, I'd have the backroom staff filled with them. 
there's plenty of lads yeah. out there that that could do jobs from academy level up that would install in every player that walked through the door, whether they were junior signing their first set of papers through to a senior pro being brought in by the man at the top who needs to understand how that particular beast of a club works. Um, because it, 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 people, some people get it, some people don't. Now, it's interesting. This, this, one of the things that Benitez has, has been attributed as saying is he sees it as a project. And that he sees if he can keep up after the ten games, that after that he wants to do everything from academy up and restructure it. And that to me says that's a man who understands. And and his time at Liverpool's probably given that. He's a, he's a student of the game. I mean, the guy went and saw Inter Milan train for two days when he was on his bloody honeymoon. For God's sake, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's somebody who is a obviously football obsessed, but also is a student of the game and understands and gets it and grasps it. And I think it, it, it wouldn't surprise us to see somebody like Shearer brought in. He's already talking about Tech and Allen for dinner. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that's not just to talk about uh, what colour you should paint the manager's <laughs> office. Uh, I'm sure it's more about uh, other things. And, and so um, could, yeah. I, would, I, would, I would have the team, the, the backroom team, at all levels, full of people who have that kind of connection to the club. There's some really good people out there, Andrew, really good people who can offer stuff and more than just the understanding of the club, offer stuff back to the game who really just sit underused and they should be used. Yeah, Warren Barton for one. Um, Has Sunderland got anything? I I I remember Kevin Ball was the under-21s. Keith, um, have they got, are they similar? Have they got, like, it's interesting actually, the the one person who's high profile that seems to cause a bit of err is um, uh, Mickey Gray, isn't he? Mickey Gray on TV, but basically, I mean, we've got our our manager does enough, and I think that's the manager's job. I get what you're saying, because you want to try and boost what's been lost in the last few, five, six seasons where you haven't had anybody who, who feels for the region, but mm. you've got Bracewell in our, in our, um, on our bench supporting Sam, and in fairness, he's done it both sides. He's been to us twice, and he's been up the road to yourselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he knows the region well. He doesn't have to be born and bred, you know, the area. Kevin mm. Ball, I mean, God, broad cockney, but he does get it. So it doesn't have to be somewhere like, like Mickey Gray, a local lad. He, he, as you see, I think he's comfortable on the golf course, on the sunbed, and uh, on the TV. So I don't think you'll see him coming back into the football world. But to be honest, I, I, I get why you may want somebody now, how your club seems to be on, on, on its own, in some respects, for morale. Mm. But ultimately... No, no, you get a good manager and wherever they bring the backroom staff from, it's a footballer men. Like Benitez, you're seeing he's a footballer academic, really. Well, if he is that, he should manage it without having to live in the area. God, how many heroes have you had who've not been born and bred? Kevin Keegan, for Absolutely. one, you know, adopted Jordan. So I, I don't totally think that we need to look for one ourselves. No, Neil Quinn, Irishman, but like I said, if he got the CEO's job for a short time, it's what he's been to the club and as a servant. So it doesn't be a local lad, but and I think ultimately the manager is the man that you look to first and he surrounds himself with, by the way, another thing that, that gets looked at heavily now is physios and fitness. And t- to be honest, mm-hmm. Sam Allardyce, you know, he's been knocked in the past, but it's actually moving forward. He was probably one of the forerunners for that. He is banging the fitness, so he's got players mm-hmm. on, off the fitness bench and onto the pitch and available mm-hmm. for selection. So... Uh, you know, I'll go, I'll go along with Sam. I, I think he had, had a bit of a road deal up the road with yourselves in the fact that he was on the back of 
a period of time when you've had marquee signings and you had managers who had been, you know, bought in at a huge level. You had your Hullets before them. You had Sooners, big name players in the day and then obviously went on to management. I think Sam Aldice is the right fit for us and I think he does a lot mm. for the club. And even if we got relegated, I know Benitez has got that exit clause, but we've got a man that if we did unfortunately go to the championship, he would stick with when he, whatever he's building now. We'll go forward into the following season, whether hopefully Premier League, but if not, I'm totally happy with him uh, next season, no matter where we are. Exactly, good point. Um, what, give me a, so give me a score. Obviously, you're going to be on the show next Monday to either be dying of pain when you when you finally lose the game but uh, give me a score for Sunday well yeah yeah funny because I've told you quite clearly I'm not beginning predictions I never do on a derby day so you're not going to get I can guarantee it'll be a game of two halves right uh, and if you want some crap pat I'll probably pinch some uh, quotes from Mike alone because he's just the king of the bad quotes but ultimately it's one of them awful games I think it's going to be close uh Again, the derby could go either way. I know which way I want to go, and I'll be saying my prayers every prayers every night from now until Sunday, without a doubt. You know, so that's what I'm saying on the derby game. It's too mm. co- close to call. You've got mm. Benitez, who you're hoping is going to do it for you. But I'll go back to what Neil said a few moments ago. Mm. You've got tonight's match to overcome, mm. and the Benitez factor, the feel-good factor, could be wiped out tonight. We're a slaughter. I'm not wishing that upon you, but you could be slaughtered tonight because. Leicester play as a unit and they've got goal mm-hmm. scorers. They've possibly got the player of the season in their squad mm-hmm. and then they've got the go- top goal scorer. So, you know, you've got a, a, a night <laughs> shift to put in the night. Maybe ask us tomorrow morning if I'd be on your show. I'd tell you more about Sunday, but you could just have the wind of your seals and mm-hmm. that's not Rafa's fault, you know. And mm-hmm. Well, it is the player's fault for where they've got you to do this. You're playing top of the league team, even though it's an unexpected top of the league team. They're there on merit, goals and performances. So, mm. sorry, fella, you might not be buzzing on Sunday. Tonight's going to be your deciding factor. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Uh, coming on the show, we'll catch you on next Monday to see if you're right. But well done well, on your debut. I, done well. No problem at all. I've done better than you, fella. You were stuttering at the start. It was hardly <laughs> much the day. And then I got to go near you. Have a word with him, eh? Sort him out, fella. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. I appreciate it for coming right, on. No See you next All week. The best. Cheers. Take Cheers. care, mate. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Well, not bad, eh? Not bad for his first time on the show, Neil. Good start, mate. Good, good start. start. And, well, and always good cracking good banner to have somebody from across the divide on. Yeah, who actually seems to know what he's talking about for a change. But uh, obviously, bringing in my, my next guest of this evening, he's actually a footballer. Which is, uh, I've had a couple of footballs on, uh, but he's actually still playing. So, welcome uh, to uh, Matthew Patterson, Football for Gated, ex clubs, obviously Newcastle United, Norwich City, Mamaludi, Sundowns, Bidvest Vitz, and a South African international proud dad and husband. Good evening, Matthew, how are you? Hi, Andrew, good, thanks. Thanks for having me on, mate. No, no problem, no problem. So, we've got Neil, Neil Mitchell, he's in uh, Dubai, so he might have some questions for you as well. Okay, all right, Neil. Good evening, pal. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks yourself. Yeah, good man. So good. So tell me, you be obviously you play for Newcastle. It's been a truly mad, mad one and a half weeks, hasn't it, Matthew? Yeah, it has. Uh, I mean, it's it's sort of gone from from sort of zero optimism last week to <laughs> to, to loads of it this week, and obviously that's for obvious reasons the change of the manager. Um, 
I think they've got a they've got a great appointment in now, uh, and you know I, th- I think you know, it'll be a tough game tonight and a tough game next Sunday. But I think he's he's gonna he's gonna bring a lot to the club, a lot of you know, vast experience, and, uh, and you know he's been there, he's done it, he's got a great CV, so I think it's a great coup for the club. Yeah, I think um, I, I, to be honest, when when we heard we're being linked with him, it wasn't just him, was it? It was it was Nigel Pearson. Um, God, there was there was so many which Newcastle fans didn't really want, and then we had. I think we were being linked with him, Neil. Who else were being we were being linked with? So many, I can't remember now. So many of them. There was a few, yeah. Yeah, it was a hell of a lot. Yeah. Oh, so many, and the, the worst. The thing is, when you've got that many interested Newcastle fans, all. Like I like when you were there as a player, um, you know you always get you always get uh, they, all, they always say in Newcastle it's a golf it's a goldfish bowl, and it, obviously we're from this area. You played you played for the, 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 our proud club, so tell me what was it like for you like when you were when you were starting out? Was it exactly like that? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, this, I start, when I first started out, it was uh, so Bobby Robson was it was the manager, so oh, that was that was a big thing for me coming through as, as, a, as a young lad uh, to play under him, and then all the players at the time were, you know, fantastic players at the club. Um, but you know, I, you know, there was quite a lot of managers when I when I had my time there. I think I played under, I think about four four or five maybe. I think um, four, man. Four, I could be yeah. nothing. I think it was Robson, Sunis, uh, Roda. Allardyce and I said so four four I played under but uh, they all had brought their different methods in and um, you know it was, it's always been a bit of a, a club that's it's been up up and down up and down there's a lot, there's a lot of demand on, on, on the club by the fans um, which is understandable they've, they've enjoyed some some great times with, with the club but um, you know look, looking forward I, I think if, if, they can, if they can avoid relegation I think they've got the right man to take them forward uh, for the next, like, like the previous caller had on there, he's, he's yeah. looking at this as, as a project, and uh, and he's, you know, he's, he's looking to really build from from the bottom all the way up. So I think he's definitely the right man for the job. I think um, when you when you obviously when when we're being linked with them, Newcastle have always needed a big presence. I think I remember what obviously Alan Shearer said he's probably the one manager that's well manager coach whatever you want to call him. He's came in where he's the one that's going to set the tone. He's coming in. He's coming in from a position of supreme strength. And I think when you had McLaren brought in through the back door, like like a bit of a scaredy cat mentality that they you know they have they have to placate so many different. Um, you know, sponsors, media partners. That's why, when you look at when you look at Gateshead, Gateshead is such a rich um, and un- again an untapped ma- untapped ma- untapped market because it is kind of in the centre of town. You've got a great fan base. It must be it must be really nice to be in a in a place where you know the fans want to talk to you. There's not that much. Um, players getting a hard time on Twitter, Facebook, wherever it is. There's, there's a genuine love there. I would say it's similar to Newcastle, really. Yeah, there is. Like, and it's, uh, you know, I think that the two fans are, are similar in ways where as long as you give, you give your all to the club and you, and you, you, know, you wear the shirt with pride, then they're going to they're gonna sort of, uh, you know, they're going to like you, they're going to take to you and um, you know, they're, they're going to be will- willing you to do well. So uh, it was definitely like that at Newcastle. I mean, it was a great club to play for. Uh, the fans, the fans are brilliant, even through not so good times. Um, 
and yeah, the, G- the Gated fans are, are very similar. They just want to see that their players turn out on a Saturday and give give 100%. And um, you know, obviously they want results. We all do. Mm-hmm. But uh, as long as you're willing to do that first aspect of the game, which is which is like like you know, top to any any level of the game, that's what you need. Uh, you know, that they, they'll definitely sort of fight your corner. Who, who, which manager when you're at Newcastle? When you when like you made a few appearances, but when you were there, who who is the one manager that you'd wanna you couldn't really couldn't wait to get out there and go to work every day? Who who is the main one? Uh, for me, it would it would have to be Glenn Roder because that's who I oh, played yeah. under most of the time. Um, and when he was there, he had, we had a great dressing room full of, full of top top players. Um, and if, if anything, I think we probably underachieved, underachieved the times, but um, with, the, with the players we had. But uh, you know, obviously there was a, there was a lot of injuries in that at the time. But um, yeah, I, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed coming in working under Glenn because he, he did give the young lads a chance. Um, he integrated us with all the first team players from, from you know, quite early on in his in his time there. Uh, and you know, like you said, I mean, talking talk about players like sort of Alan Shearer's, um, mm-hmm. uh, Nicky Butt, uh, Michael Owen, mm-hmm. Kieran Dyers. Uh, you know, Lee Bowyer, they're all, all top players, and uh, you know, to, to come in and train with them every day and learn from them was a, you know, was a, was a great experience experience for me as a kid. You know, was it a lot of pressure? Did you find it was a lot of pressure there at Newcastle? Did or did you just go with it and and uh, just accept it, or did did you find you were under more pressure? Did, was was because obviously you hear about Kabai having depression, um, and this and this guy was playing every week. Basically, yeah. it's one of those things. That it depends what you like as a person as well, I think. But uh, you know, there is it's, it's a big club to play for, and I, and I don't think people realise that until they actually, you know, until they come and play for the club. A lot of people from from the outside looking in, they do they do see passionate fans and, and, a, and a massive club. But when you're in there and you're, you're amongst it, um, yeah, I think it's it's only then you realise, you know, and, and you want to do well for the club. Uh, and sometimes when things aren't aren't going your way, you, you can get sucked sucked in a little bit, and uh, you know, and it's and it's you can go you can go through some, some tough times because, like you said, it's, it's it's sort of that goldfish bowl where you know everything revolves around the club. But it's, it's it's just it's it's a, it's a lifestyle in in many ways. The, the whole the whole club, and it's uh you know it's this pe- people are you know it, it 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 sort of ruins their lives when they don't get results. You know, so it's. <laughs> it can, <laughs> It can be a it can be a, stra- a strange uh, experience at times as well. Yeah. Well, what I was going to ask you, Matty, you talk about changing managers, and you often hear about this new manager bounce. Um, is that something as a player in the dressing room you felt's been palpable, or is there some players who sit in their dressing room thinking, "Oh, I don't fancy this guy," and they immediately switch off, or does the mood just genuinely lift because everybody's excited to find out what's going to happen next? Well, I, th- I think that's the case. I think, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange one because, you know, you, you'll have a case where a lot of players will do well under, under a certain manager, and a lot and a lot of players might not, might, you might not fancy them players, and then obviously a, a new guy comes in. I think it gives everyone a lift for a, for a period of time until until you sort of figure out who who's going to be your, your starting lineup, who's going to be your players who you fancy more than others. So. I think it's you know you always get that initial initial bounce when uh, when, a, when a new guy comes in. And I think that's going to give everyone a lift. You know, mm. players that are, who were playing under McLaren and then players who who weren't playing because they they probably think they're going to they're going to have more more of a chance of, of getting a game now. Uh, yeah. You know, but it's one it's what sometimes 
even in a modern game, you'll, you'll have managers come in and, and you might have played under the guy before and, 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 he, and he didn't fancy you at that club. So that, that already puts you on the back foot a little bit. But, um, you know, I think Benitez coming in this, this time, I think, you know, all players are going to are going to get a lift because I think they'll they'll you know they'll really fancy him as a manager and I think they'll play they'll play mm. for him because it, because of his stature I think in the game. How was it when um, obviously when you had uh, Malcolm Crosby left? Was it a, was it a similar situation with what's happened with McLaren? Did, like what was it like for you? Um, well, <coughs> I had his daughter on, mind you. So watch what you say. <laughs> <laughs> she was very uh, nice, I have to say. Lovely daughter. Uh, I don't think we expected it, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. You know, we, at the time, we, we, you know, not a lot of the boys realised that we had been on a bit, of, a, quite a, a bad run, um, a run of games and results. So, uh, you know, but it was great working under Malcolm. I mean, I've obviously known, known him before he came to Gateshead, and uh, I've come across him a couple of times throughout my football mm-hmm. career, and he's he's always been a good a good man, and and mm-hmm. you know he knows his football. You know, he's, 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 we enjoyed working under him. He, you know, he put some good sessions on for us, and he's, you know, he got he started like a house on fire at Gated. But um, you know, we just we just sort of fell away a bit, and uh, and and started to struggle towards the back end of his his time there. Uh, but you know, it was I was sad to see him go. Um, you know, I, I think, but with a new guy coming in, he seems he seems to have, have steadied the ship a bit, and uh, and got us a bit more solid, I think, and. You know, we don't we don't seem to concede as many goals as many goals, and uh, even though we've had a couple of freak results, but uh, he's, he's gen- generally he's, he's, he's sort of tightened us up at the back, and and we we looking a lot more solid. I think there was a lot of expectation after the playoffs, wasn't there? Because I was in America at the time, and uh, it, it, there was there were several games you could watch on, on a on online, and uh, the one thing I noticed about the Gator fans, like Mickey Barras especially. Like I was on a major down, and something happened in America. Uh, I was going through a bit of a tough time, and I just started watching Gateshead and um, some of the games, and going on their podcast because they've got a great, they've got a great podcast as well. Yeah. And um, um, he just obviously because I'm from Gateshead myself, and he just he just said, well, if you want, I'll send you some programs and um, a Gateshead badge. And I've never had that before. I don't know what Neil's, especially being a Newcastle fan for years. You've you've never really we've never really had that. We've never had the thought that the fans want to interact with you. They want to, um, you know, they want you to become part of their their own little their own little uh, group. And I don't know what do you think, Neil? Because I, I never really we've never had that in Newcastle. But and then having it it against a non-league team who are slowly but surely making a name for themselves, um, it, mm. it's just a nice touch, isn't it, Neil? It, I think it's nice to see um, sort of football generally thriving in the region, even though the big, the big clubs are sort of floundering a bit and everything that goes with football. I mean, you, you look at fan culture and, and how uh, how fans groups get together. We at Newcastle are notoriously bad for fans groups going their own ways. It's like herding cats. It really, really is. And I've been... Been to Gateshead a few times myself. I've, you know, uh, my leanings in non-league. I've, I've spent a lot of time at Whitley Bay, gone up the Five Spartans, go across the across the, the divide to go to Gateshead. I've got quite a few mates who go to Gateshead regularly. Now, um, 
I think the big thing for Gateshead would be, um, obviously, I, I don't know where they're at with the new ground that was talked about. Mm. They've been talking about it for years. And I think it's something that would, Gateshead would really benefit from would be to have a proper cosy ground instead of being stuck in the International Stadium, you know? And I think you'd see the fans benefit and the fan, fans' organisations benefit. And that, it, it just all grows from there, you know? What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think... You know, Gates has been a club that's been in, in, obviously in the shadows of, of, of the North East club for a long time. But I think that season, a lot of people sort of, uh, you know, took took note and 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 of how they how they got on because uh, they were playing a, a great a great style of football. Um, they were getting it down. They were passionate. Uh, it was it was it was very attractive football to watch. You know, and I, and I was in South Africa at the time, but I obviously had a lot of friends on social media, etc. And they, uh, you know, I often. Sort of seeing them raving about the way they where they played, or you know the, the style of football that that Terry Mills had them playing then, um, and I think that that season where they they just they just nearly done it, I think was it was a massive season for people you know getting up and taking note of the club and and you know get I think it's it's grew the fan base and you know it's just they just they sort of we just they're nearly there now and I think it, we just need a final push to get up into League Two where I think that you'll start seeing them sort of things fall into place. It's the new stadium, uh, you know, the fan base will grow more. I think you'll get a lot of people from, from over the water coming over and, uh, you know, and supporting the club more. Um, you know, because like, like Neil said there with a the, with the stadium, it's, it's, it'll make a massive difference. Uh, you know, we go to, we go to a, lot of, a lot of grounds in and around the country now where, you know, they're, they're real old school grounds. They, you know, they're good football, football stadiums and, and they've got great atmospheres in them and you enjoy playing there. You know, a lot, a lot of our, our, some of our great results this season have came away from home. Uh, you know, and I think Gated would really benefit from from getting a nice, smaller, compact stadium with it, where you know you can you can benefit from the atmosphere and fans can kick you on a bit. Yeah, because you you, you need it, don't you? It's like I think is they were linked with coming to the city centre of Gateshead, obviously next to the the council, but have, I I haven't heard anything since then because. Obviously, it'll, it'll take a bit of money, won't it? I think the, if they get a new stadium, you're, you're looking at least Ooh. 20 million, maybe. Yeah, well, I, th- I think I think oh, probably. I think the plan, the plans, everything's in place. I think I think they just need, they need they need that final push to to know that the club the club's going places and uh, you know and, and it's, it's, it's obviously going to be going to be a good investment. I think so. You know, that's that's the aim. I think the club needs needs to be up to that next level. I think where. Then, then again, the money, the money makes a difference. You start, you start seeing more money come through the club as well. Yeah, what's it been like with the, the with the with the new um, the new chairman? Because that one, um, I think it, I think uh, Graham wasn't it? Graham is, has, well, I think he, I think Graham's still there, isn't he, in some capacity? But has that yeah. has there been any difference? Because it it doesn't seem um, obviously with the change of manager. Like I, I have notes on social media uh, the the, the the, the fans ha- have been they're, they're, they're quietly confident but I haven't I haven't there hasn't been any I, ha- I haven't seen from the, the new chairman that uh, he's more uh, out there than what Graham used to be very quite quiet I, I think seems to me anyway uh, well he's, he, he's, he's obviously new to, new to the whole uh, football club mm. side of things um, you know so I think obviously he's kept kept Graham uh, you know in, in, in at the club in, in some yeah. capacity just to sort of you know Sort of schooling, if you like, on that on that that side of the, of the football club, and and get it going in the right right direction. But they they they're very 
you know they they're very optimistic about the future. They you know they're excited about about what they've obviously took on as a football club. They've got ideas in place and 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 they they're great people uh, to talk to. You know they make a big effort with the players, you know the, the players' families etc. Where it's, that's pr- pretty good and and uh, they they want to get the club going in the right direction and uh, you know they've obviously they've they're gonna be throwing their money, their money into the club and and look at looking to get us up to that, that next level. I, I think that's that's something that's that's gonna it's gonna be a definite for the club that moving forward. They're they're gonna sort of support the the, the team with with uh, funds etc. And I, I think. You know they they're excited about the future of the club, and that's obviously why they've got involved in the first place. I think they they're big gates of fans, uh, you know, to start with. Have you are you st- are you still playing for? Um, are you still are you still playing for as a South African national? Is that is that still going on? Or you just just still go back home a lot? Well, not really. No, I, well, I haven't retired just yet. No, but, uh, <laughs> but um, no, I haven't, I haven't played since uh, since I left left the country. So it's. It's tough. I mean, you know, even when I played played in Newcastle and Norwich, you know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't get called up as often as I, as I probably should have done. But I mean, that's a lot of that's yeah. got to do with with their scouting systems and etc. You know, they they don't they don't unless you're playing sort of week in week out in the Premier League, mm-hmm. like Stephen Pienaar, for example, yeah. who who gets to sort of calls himself up. Um, you know, there's, <laughs> then you, you're, you're not really gonna. You're going to struggle to get to get a look in in the national team. So they they do call up a lot of local based players. I think you know instead of instead of some of the guys that are playing in Europe, uh, which probably needs to be looked at a bit really because there's obviously a reason why some of the players are playing in Europe. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, you, you never hear of like obviously you got the Chinese league now, and then when you had the world, obviously when South Africa had the the World Cup and they had all those really expensive um, stadiums. Yeah. What ha- what happened there? Because you would like I you automatically think, ooh, South Africa is doing really well. They've got the World Cup, and you would think there'd been a massive bounce for that league, and you never hear anything. Like I've, you never hear you may you may see a player come on, score wonder goal past twelve men, whatever it is, but you never you never hear about that league, and it is shocking actually that you know the. They don't ask you to come, like they don't even contact you. Okay, do you want to play? Because you would think the more um, it's it's such a big country as well. You you would think they have they would have talent on tap, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, well, that's. I mean, you can you can, you can understand maybe at the moment playing against it. Uh, you know, they probably I'm not going <laughs> to sort of sort of get a get a call up because they, you know, it, it is it is a well it is a well run sort of uh, federation and it's and they do they, they do look at. You know, so they have got good players playing for the, for the country as well. But um, you know, in terms of of the the, the league itself, it's, it's a fantastic league. Uh, you know, there's a lot of money ploughed into the league, and it's and it's run it's run very well. Uh, the, the stadiums, uh, you know, they've got some, they've got some top stadiums, but obviously with the World Cup going there, they've built all these stadiums, and now a lot of them don't get used very often because they they might be in, in a in a place where there's not a lot of football clubs. Where, some clubs have adopted these stadiums uh, as a second home, just just to try and get sort of the stadiums used and, and fans in from that particular area, which was the, the reason why they built them in certain areas, which was a, a lot of uh, sort of areas where you, you get a lot of townships, where that's where a lot of the, yeah. the support is in South Africa. Uh, I th- I they, think find, they find that tough. I, I think Andrew, you, you you've got to look at the political situation in South Africa for your answers. And the fact that football's fighting also against rugby and against cricket, 
and yeah. and th- there's a number of levels of different things that go on there politically um and so <laughs> there's only room for so much and at the minute they seem to be focused on making sure quotas and things are right within yeah. rugby and within cricket um, it would have to be the other way around with soccer because it was always predominantly a, a black game in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and as Matty says, they put the put tend to put the stadia where the, a lot of the townships and support were. Well, that's not where a lot of the football clubs actually are these days. And so <laughs> yeah. they, they've got lots of really great facilities that are underused. Um, and and, and it's, a, it, it's a shame because the world, I, I know a lot of South Africans over here, there's a lot in Dubai. And you talk to sappers, and, and a lot of them are very knowledgeable about that football. Far too yeah, many of them yeah, are Man United. Yeah, far too many of them are Man United fans for my my money, but that's another matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure if they'll, uh, they'll continue to be like. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. and, 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 but but I think really the, the World Cup didn't kick football on the way that a lot of them hoped, and I, and I just think it's another one of these things fall and foul of the political situation there, which is. You know that, that that's that's not really something to talk about on this show, and we'll probably make an entire evening of it in itself. Oh, uh, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but cricket seems to be going. Um, I noticed when the obviously England were playing cricket over there, that there didn't seem to be a lot of people going. Uh, well, cr- cricket, uh, rugby, and cricket's obviously the two the two main sports. They, uh, mm. you know, they've they've got massive support over there for the for the them two sports because, but also because they do very well. Um, you know, it's 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 sort of uh, you know up upper level from from the, your soccer in many respects because it's it's ran probably a lot a lot better. It's marketed a lot better, um, and I think the support base is, is already there. Where South Africa is still very much a, in the football side, is very much a case of trying to build it and build it um, mm. and get obviously get more and more fans through through the gate at the, at the matches. But you know, a lot of, like Neil said, there a lot of politics comes into it because you. you you know, your your sort of football is is very much your your township sport in South Africa, and, mm. and then money money comes into play where you know a lot of people can't afford to buy tickets to go to the game. So that's that's mm. and with it being so popular on TV over there, uh, and the TV obviously own the rights to all the all the games. Uh, it's um it's always on the TVs as well, which which doesn't help. So what are you going to do? Have you must been interested with the. I, 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 sound, I sound like I'm your agent, but... Um, <laughs> None of that one, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple, Matthew. You'll, you'll mm. find out later on. But um, <laughs> um, have you been interested in the China, China League? Because that seems to be the uh, the go-to place right now for football, isn't it? Well, so I'd, be, I'd certainly be a lot more interested if I could go there on uh, half a million quid a week. Like... Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, it seems it seems to be crazy money over there, and um, you know it's 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 sometimes you, you know people look at football and and they'll they'll criticise people for going to some of these places. Mm. But you, sometimes you got you got it's a job at the end of the day, and you know if if you're in a, in, a, in a a job in just in, you know outside of football, if you're going to get offered you know quadruple or or mm. you know, your your wages to go somewhere, you're going to maybe consider it. Mm. I think um, with I think with with China. Thing is, I actually I was thinking about the Major League Soccer because that's that's an interesting way that the Americans are doing, isn't it? Because um, you you're not really getting bought by the club, you're being bought by uh, the actual federation itself. Yeah. And and I think looking at if you look at the China League, uh, sorry, if you look at the 
um, American League, there's far more exposure. Like you probably saw, you probably saw on social media last night they were talking about uh, Sky and are now showing the major, major league football, and yeah. the reaction is like d- d- people deriding it because it isn't a high intense like it is the English English league. But I think when it comes to China, um, you know what's like with their TV. Like I've I've seen very limited amounts of. Uh, um, um, uh, footage of the China League, like players scoring here, then everywhere. But um, in America, obviously, it's it's far bigger. Yeah, well, I think you just got to look at the market, the marketing side. That's I mean, that's that's probably what the Americans are, are probably best best in the world at, really. So uh, they they get their sports out there, and then and they, you know, they're always they're always going to make a, a success of it. And you know, the football they've slowly but surely they start to start to sort of move forward with football in in a big way. Um, you know, I, I do like the way that they they run their their league. Mm. It does seem very structured and uh, and it's a lot more controlled. I think uh, whether that's gonna gonna sort of hinder it going go into the levels of of the Premier League or or something like that, I don't know. But uh, you know, I certainly think that they've they've got it right over there. Um, and obviously, the more the more English players and ex Premier League players that can go over there and help them build it, it's, it's gonna it's gonna do it the world the good. Mm. Uh, you know the China League. It just, it, I mean, it just seems like it is all, for, all for the money. I mean, I don't know. I mean, myself personally, I think if I had, ch- if I had the choice to go to between the two countries, America, China, I'm, I'll, mm. I'll go and play my football in, in America. Um, mm. But I think with the Chinese offering so much money for players to go there, so they've, and they're thinking maybe if I can go there two, three years and, and pick up that kind of money, um, you know, my football can take a bit of a backseat because I'm getting paid so much. I think it would be a culture shock, wouldn't it, for um, well, players to be, go yeah. to China? <laughs> I uh, think uh, it was interesting actually because Teoti was linked to go there, and uh, you know he, he put down he wanted eighty grand or something, hundred grand, and they they didn't they didn't go with him. But I think um, I think Peter Ramage went to India that, again. That's <laughs> another league. Has that yeah. has that? Uh, I, I couldn't imagine. Well, I don't know. Would, would is that a league that's would be talked about in the gates of dressing room as a, a place to go, or is it is the is it the type of thing people get interested when it comes to uh, the, more or less the end of their careers? I think so. Well, that's that's the, that's certainly the way it looks. I mean, I, I know some people that have gone out there from the South African league, uh, who but they they obviously a lot younger, but they've they've had the chance to go out there and play, um, and they've they've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and once again, they said it was a very, very well-run league. Uh, you know, it was a good standard. Um, but obviously, that's only only three, I think, three months long the season. Yeah. So that that makes yeah, it, it makes it a lot a lot easier three to go out there. Uh, I spoke to Peter Ramage and he t- before he went out there, and he, and he he was excited about going going there. Um, and I think I'm not I'm not sure how he did, but I think yeah, he, looks, he done he done pretty well. Yeah, he enjoyed it. He, I think uh, he, he was actually on the show. A couple of, I think, a couple of months ago, because uh, you keep in touch with me and uh, Peter, because you never know what, yeah. may, what, what I might be able to do. But um, uh, it was interesting because the, the players stay in the hotel. It's kind of like a five-star hotel, so anything they wanted, they're able to give it to them. But he yeah. said, it, he said the one thing he he, he noticed was that um, when they were out there. It was always Indian food, like compared, to, I suppose, a bit like what it is over here. And he said that was probably the hardest thing because every day was kind of the, kind of the same, the same thing. And yeah. I think for but for three months you get the money, <laughs> you know, the good, the, 
you can come back, you know, and like play for like like he's playing for Coventry now. Well, that's it, isn't it? You can come back in the in the January and, and sign mm-hmm. for the club. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's a pretty it's a pretty no uh, bit of a no brainer when you get offered uh, to go there because the money's I've heard the money's great as well. Uh, you know, obviously on that that uh, food mm-hmm. side of things, um, it's, it's going to be tough to go in, to go into another country, different culture, uh, different foods and stuff. It's it's going to be tough doing it for you know for for that length of time, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's something that you, that you certainly got to, got to look at look at when you're a footballer and, and coming to the end of your career, because you, you, football is a short career. You've got to make you've got to make as much money uh, while you can, really. And I think Neil can tell you what it's like in the Dubai League. Um, just to yeah, get you interested in the Dubai League. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, 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 the golf leagues at a funny stage at the minute because they're, they're desperate to get more players with more in them out here because. Yeah. Previously, when people like Guyane were coming out really to, to, to earn a, earn the last pay packet, and they've got still got quite a few people like that. They've got Joe out here playing at Al Shabab, who used to be at Man City, for example, and he yeah. he's he's picking up a pay packet, but he's not not ripping up any trees really. You know, and, and the big signing down in Abu Dhabi at Al Jazeera clubs being Kenwin Jones this this January, you know, and and and, and, and that's that's pretty much it. Is it? it, it they're, they're trying very hard to raise their own players, but the, the big the big thing out here is they don't, they're not interested in signing anything other than goal scorers and exciting attacking midfielders. Yeah. So they pack the teams full of these goal scorers and exciting midfielders, and then put local defenders in, and then they wonder why the games end five four and it looks a little bit schoolboy and a little bit of a shambles. There's only really two or three clubs that are worth talking about, but the, those clubs are really well run and have massive potential within Asia. You know, Al Ahly, which is the club and main club in Dubai, they they, they got to the semi-finals, of the, the final rather, of the Asian Champions League uh, yeah. last time round, and 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 the, I managed to get to the, the semi-final, um, the home leg against Al um, Al Hilal of, of Saudi Arabia, and it was it was a hell of an atmosphere. It was mental. If you've ever, you know, it was it was properly bonkers, properly bonkers. Um, and, and anybody saying that it's not like proper football is so totally wrong, it's untrue. The only difference out here is that it's the fans that turn up in Ferraris and Range Rovers, not the players. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, never, you never know, we're, we're, we've got agents that, that play in Dubai, so watch out, Matthew. We might, might try, and, try, and get you, yeah, make, try and get you a deal. We know a lot about it. It's, it's, a, it's a popular holiday destination for, mm. for me and the wife and the kids, so we, we love it out there. So. Thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, that that comes. To, that was probably my next question. When it comes to, I shouldn't say wags. I should probably say that, but uh, it comes to mind anyway. When you're a footballer, it, it, I, I find, obviously I find with with you and your lovely wife that that um, nutrition is a big part of it, isn't it? But, but when you're a young lad and you're, you're playing football and you've got you've, you've got the ability to meet a lot of oh, should, ladies. Um, yeah. It's interesting because when you meet somebody, when you when you get a bit older, you want somebody that can kind of be into the things that you're into, uh, especially with it being because you, you know you 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 want to go on until you they they take you off that pitch and say hey mate you're done. So yeah. with nutrition, like obviously I saw that you you you're, you're into the very much the the RG. Um, yeah. Uh, so is it important? What's it like as a, as a football when you're starting out and you've got a girlfriend? Uh, how e- how hard is it, or how easy is it to get people attached to you that you know, in certain in certain spe- respects, 
or just into the into the wag culture and then to meet somebody that you've got something more in common with um, going down the line? Well, I think uh, going back to what we talked about earlier with, with being at Newcastle, that that was a, a thing that was that was very hard as a, as a young kid coming through um, at Newcastle. With being at a club that's so it's idolised by so many of, mm-hmm. of the fans, um, you know, you're going, you're sort of going out with your with your girlfriend at the time or your friends, and you you, you go into these bars, clubs, and and stuff, and you know, you've got money, you've, you've got mm-hmm. the nice clothes, and you get you do get recognised, and it's, and it's a great feeling. As a, as a you know when you're younger and you and you sort of you, know, you can't can't believe it's happening to you sort of thing. Um, lucky enough, I settled down sort of pretty pretty early on in my career because I met met my wife when I was I think I was, I was 19 at the time. Um, so I, I did, I'd done a bit of partying before then, which 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 probably didn't didn't help my cause really. Uh, but you know I think with me, with, me uh, with my wife, I think she brought me on a, a hell of a lot um, in terms of. Settling me down and, and trying to trying to sort of keep me on keep me on the right path, um, mm. you know, especially with sort of we were living together from an early age as well. So mm. that sort of food came into it and what what we ate and we sort of everything we've done we've done it together sort of thing, uh, which is which has helped me a lot throughout throughout my career. Um, you know, but yeah, I, she looks I, a I, knockout by the way. Tell her that from me. <laughs> the well, lovely Jennifer. Uh, yeah, I mean, but as, as you as still got it, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really think about you know a lot of the stuff too much when I was younger because you know your your body's at that stage where you you can cope with with maybe eating eating sort of a bit a bit you know not 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 all the healthier foods and mm. and you you're sort of you're you're, you're uh, recovering quicker from from games etc. But you know the older I've got, um, I've definitely started looking looking into leading a healthier lifestyle. Not. Not drinking as much alcohol, um, mm-hmm. eating healthier, doing sort of clean, cleanses, etc. Like my, me and my wife have just been on the, on the Clean Nine one, uh, which was fantastic. For the, for I the saw that, yeah. Um, and taking, I'm taking supplements now, which 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 is which has helped me out a lot. I like that the RG Plus. I take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it helps me recover after games, and, and definitely helps me before and during games. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that. I mean, the older I've got, because I want to play on for, for, for longer. I've had to start looking into those sort of things, uh, nutrition, mm. um, you know, sort of weight weight management stuff. Um, you know, just just help me that sort of that bit more to 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 do things right and and prolong my career a bit. And it's it's definitely paid off now because I do feel good in myself. Yeah, because it's like um, I think when it when it comes to like you know I suppose when you the the biggest thing is when pre-season it's all about running. It's all about running, isn't it? So you've got to have you've got to have it, you know the, the good stuff inside of you, so you can keep on running and running and running because obviously it affects the the matches that you're playing from the start of the season, doesn't it? Because it's such well, a how many how many games do you play a season? The gate that's so a lot, isn't it? I think you end up playing over, over fifty. I think uh, you know, when yeah. you take into consideration the cups, etc. But um, yeah, that's uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely like you've got to you've got to start looking looking into into your diet a lot more, mm. um, and to to any players sort of. Listening and that it's it's, it's 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 massive in the game now. I think uh, you know the times when you sort of finish a season now and and you say, mm. well, I'm going to go on a on a six week bender. Yeah, mm. um, you know, them days are over. I think now where you've got to be coming back to pre season already in shape uh, with the way the way the modern game is now and the intensity it's played. That you can't you can't sort of let yourself go and and come back and and then then give yourself try and give yourself three four weeks when pre season started because. 
you know, you'll, you'll get left behind. And, and it's happened to myself before, you know, when, mm-hmm. in my Newcastle days where I've came back a bit out of shape and, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're coming back and you're playing with players that are already probably on, on, a, on a higher level than yourself. So if, if, you're, mm-hmm. if you're not... If you're not fit, as fit as them, you're just gonna, you're just going to get left behind. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's 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 very very difficult for elite athletes these days, and obviously in in my game, I haven't dealt with with some and still deal with some because we look at the, the the whole concept of oral fitness and oral fitness is part of general fitness and there's oral systemic links and what have you. Yeah. And and you go to particularly out here, some of the health food shops, and it's just all. Bottles of woo, you know, it's like <laughs> finest, finest unicorn breath, and, and just thinking, what on earth is this? And the trouble is, for a lot of a lot of elite guys, they're looking for that, you know, one centimeter that makes the difference between mm. gold and silver, that point yeah. one of a second, what have you? So they will literally do anything and try anything. And the trouble is, you don't know whether it's doing you any good or not. And it, it, mm. there's a hell of a lot of science to it, and. And, and, and a lot, lot more than people people believe. And particularly if you get older as an elite athlete, you've got to watch your diet, you've got to watch your fluid intake, you've got to watch all kinds. And this is what Decanio wanted to try and do at Sunderland and got sort of turned, made to look like he was some sort of lunatic because he's banned ice and coke and he's mm. banned ketchup. Ketchup, and yeah. You know, and, 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 and I think because the players didn't like it, they managed to get it into the press that he was some sort of head case. But what he's doing and is trying to say to these guys, your lifestyle's generally rubbish, and it reflects on what happens on the pitch. I still think, when, with some players, and I'm not going to name names, I can think of some players who, from a young age, have had injury problem after injury problem after injury problem. And you know my biggest feeling on it? Lifestyle. Lifestyle, yeah. first, second, and third. And, and if, it, it, when you're a young man and you can recover better, you can go and have a few pints every night and go and be Jack the Lad, but it, you pay for it as you get older. And, that, yeah. and, and, and you know, sitting here in, in, in my 40s, I, I, there's no way I could go mm. and do a day on the lash and be anything like safe at work the next day. <laughs> now, the way probably as a, as, a, as a young professional, I probably could. Because mm. I can recover, but you know, as an athlete, it's, it's such a it's such a minefield, and and what people don't understand, and this is where uh, um, proper senior pros can can do can help with, is to help young guys understand that if you look after your body well at a younger age and get the right supplements and get the right diet and get the right advice, it pays off when you're still playing fifty odd games a season at Gateshead mm. and able to turn out for everyone. You know, you're playing three it, it, times a week, can, aren't you? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah at, at this minute, I mean, this this month's going to be a, a hectic month for us. I think we'll play about 10, 10 to twelve games. I think this month. Uh, so it is a hectic month, uh, March. For but uh, yeah, it's uh, certainly unique. I think the the key is just obviously you know speaking to the right people in regards mm. to to what you what you're taking in and 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 what you try and etc. So you got you got to know what you what you're putting in your body and what the benefits are going to be and. You know how you got to live your life around around these things. So I think that's that's key to, to to sort of taking any sort of supplement. Well, keep on taking the clear. If I've if I've got any uh, if I've got any I've got, I've got a friend who's actually got something else coming out. So I'll probably be in touch regarding that and other things. So watch this space. But <laughs> thanks for coming on, Matthew. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. And when the 
obviously when, when we finish the show, watch out because it's going to go all all over the world pretty quick uh, on your chat with me tonight. But it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and thanks Gary Mills for getting in touch with for for making this happen. It's been a pleasure. But thanks thanks very much for coming on, Matthew. We'll no, have you on again guys. soon, mate. Yes, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Enjoy. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Matthew. Bye. Take care, mate. Bye bye. Great lad, eh? Great, everyone. Great Good stuff. Uh, well, the next, we're going to bring in my next call of the night. It's uh, Kevin from uh, 1892 Club. Uh, it's, he's on Twitter, 1892. Um, he is, from next season, he's going to have, he's going to get some of the finest writers, probably get Neil to do it as well, possibly, um, to write on New Cash United. And just want to get your thoughts on, obviously, your five minutes of fun start now. So tell me, what, what's it, what has it been like for you the last uh, week with all this going on? Um, well, I don't really know. It's, it's been hectic, hasn't it? So, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of taking, I suppose. Yeah, I think um, it was interesting, one because um, obviously we've got Leicester tonight, but um, what's your thoughts on Rafa Benitez? Because he just seems to have doused all the anxiety from all the fans, uh, probably including myself and Neil. What's been your take on it? Well, he certainly injected a bit of hope and optimism uh, into, into yeah. the, the club. Um, I think that's two things that he's given us straight away. Whether we'll be saying that in about three hours' time, I don't know. But, but uh, no, look, he's going to bring tactics. He's going to bring a, a style of football which we, we haven't seen for a long time. Um, you know, and it can only benefit if, if we stay up. Yeah. Do you think we'll stay? Do you think we'll stay up? Then Neil can come in. What do you think? Yeah, I think we'll stay up. Um, uh, I think we've got enough in that in that team now that it's getting. It's just no disrespect to McLaren because I think he lost the players. Um, that was the issue. I think now that we've got a, a top top manager, you know, this is this is the best manager this football club's had since Bobby Robson, uh, you know, and, and probably Keegan before that, um, who's going to install a belief back into the, these footballers. Um, and I honestly think there's enough in that squad, and especially the starting eleven. To win the current games that we need to win, the big games, mm. your Palace at home, your Swansea at home, Sunderland at home, Norwich away, Villa away, they're your five games you need to win. You win them games, you're safe. Anything after yeah. that, the bonus. Um, but I think there's enough within the first team and enough within you know the club to, to do that. And I'd be disappointed if we didn't, if I'm honest. Right. You know, I, you know, you know what is, I agree with you 100 percent. There, I think that's that, that's the, the the fairest analysis of it all. Tonight for me is a free game. It's a free goal, and what I want to see tonight's performance, an upbeat performance. If we can get that out of them, then that's something to build on. If it brings a point, then I'd snap your hands off now. I don't know if you've seen the lineup. The, 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 Not the, yet. The no. first team it's just just been released. Um, it's Elliot, Janmat, Taylor, Lascelles, Kolbach, Sissoko, Anita, Shelby, Perez, Vinaldum, and Mitrovic. Pretty much the only 11 he could pick if everybody else isn't fit. If, if um, Townsend's not fit, and uh, obviously Colacini and Mbemba aren't fit either. So it's, it's not like it's a revolutionary pick. It's probably the best he can. Um, what do you reckon of that, Kev? I am, um, well, like you say, it's, it's the only, probably the starting lineup we can pick. I'm happy they've decided to go with Colback at left-back, uh, rather than Anita at left-back. Um, that makes sense to me. That, that's the difference straight away. You know, 
you can see he wants a, a left footer player to play in a position where McLaren would probably be happy to leave Kovac and left in the centre of midfield and put a lead out left back. That's the difference. Um, yeah, I like the team. It's just, it's just a positive, positive team. Um, it's a team that's saying let's go and win the game. No, it's not. You know, it's not. It's not going out and saying no. Well, we'll, we'll try and sneak the draw. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go out there. We'll be, I imagine the game plan will be not to concede in the first 15, 20 minutes, no. um, and then and then take it from there. If I'm honest with you, I've watched Leicester's last few home games. Um, I actually watched them in a, in a pub in Newcastle, I'll not name it, because they don't tell the rest of them. Um, but I watched, I watched the last couple of home games, and if you sit back against Leicester, they find it difficult to break teams mm-hmm. down. That's their weakness. Now, can we withstand the pressure? That's the question. Um, and can we then, in the last 15 minutes, when they're tired, hit them? Um, you know, this is a big question. We're, we're, Leicester really were poor in the last two home games and, and were lucky to come away with all three points for me in both games. Um, I think that's the key tonight is keep a clean sheet 20 minutes in then go at them. I think um, with with the, the derby around the corner um, the, that's the thing you, you, you wonder if Sunderland because uh, I think all over the pitch Sunderland uh, probably would have thought you know what We've got McLaren's team to face, but now with Rafa taking over, it absolutely adds so many different components to the whole psyche towards Saturday. Sorry, towards su- Sunday, and um, and I think tonight will be a barometer for that. Don't don't, don't you think, Kev? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, 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 the difference between tonight and Sunday is tonight, like Neil said, is a, mm. it's a free game in a way. Um, if you pick something up, it's it's, it's a bonus. Um, I think the biggest the biggest thing about Sunday is you'll you'll get your well, yeah your foreign players your foreign players will, will probably turn up. Um, if we go at Sunday like we'll have at most teams at the first twenty minutes um, and get a goal or two, they'll they'll fall apart. We'll batter them because they're a poor side. Sunday, there's no two ways about it. Um, key to that is getting an early girl, an early girl Sunday. If we do. I think I don't know. I think we could give them a, a hammer, a well, a well, bloody, you know, time coming hammering as well because it's been a while. Um, <laughs> so yeah, well, it's it's pleasing to see that uh, he's reached out to Alan, to Alan Shearer. Uh, the only downside he talked to Michael Owen, isn't it? Isn't it? Did he speak to Michael Owen? I wonder if that's why he's there. Recalled Alan. Well, the, the rumours of Alan Armstrong coming back. Then you know I heard I mean? that. Uh, yeah, I was, but we don't we even know for sure, do we? To be honest, yeah, I think I think it's a bit of a say by Coventry fans. Um, I don't think it's happening because the clubs would have announced it by now um, that it was happening. So I, I think that's a lot of a lot of toss, to be honest. Uh, but speaking, it's no harm in speaking to these people, especially Shearer, um, to get the understanding of what it means. But let's be honest, he doesn't need to. He's a he's a, ma- a proven manager. He just needs to go out and, and, and install a belief into the players. That's what is needed for these last ten games: a belief. That we can stay up, a belief we can win games, and a belief in themselves that that they are good footballers because that's what they are. Um, that's the biggest thing, and, and if we do that, if he does that, sorry, then we will stay up. Give me, give me a score, give me a score for tonight before I bring in Steve Hasty and obviously give me a. Um, what do you think happened on Sunday? Um, tonight I'll go. I'll give you two scores for tonight. I'll go on my head. Um, 
Leicester, Hummy Hearts. One one two one Newcastle. Um, Sunday, I honestly believe we'll beat Sunderland this time. I think it's our time, and I think it'll be a, a, a convincing win as well. If I'm honest, I think we'll get an early goal and we'll, and we'll go and beat them three two or three nil. I think we'll be convincing as well. Great stuff. Okay. Thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, Kevin, we'll have you we'll have you back on next week to talk about what's happened tonight and yes, what's happened yeah. on Sunday. Should be a good one. Thanks a lot for coming on, Kev. Yep. Please. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Tell Bye now. Bye now. I always love Kevin on. He's just, he's, he talks sense. He talks the way that he, he's consistent and he, he never, he, he always talks common sense, doesn't he, Neil? Straight. Straight. Just simple as that. Straight, mate. Exactly. You know, exactly. He, and, and he'll tell you what he thinks and you can either agree with it or disagree with it, but that's what he thinks and he's not going to change it for you. Um, and that's what it's about. It's about opinion and about respecting opinions. He's quite happy to, to, to be disagreed with mm. um, if you're talking sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. If you're, not, if you're not just rubbishing it for the hell of it. Exactly. Well, we've got uh, the next person who's a regular on this show. I've just got to get clear up with... Uh, oh, he's gone. Okay. So, uh, the next person we have online is Steve, Steve Hasty from the Fans Forum in Newcastle United. It's been a definitely interesting week for all Newcastle United fans and as well with the fans forum uh, bringing out their documents so uh, everything kicked off with Craig Hope uh, and then led to everything kicking off what's been your take Steve Hasty, and what's been going on uh, you alright guys uh, good, good evening good, good, good show so far um, I, I enjoyed that conversation with, uh, with Matthew very interesting and for mm. anyone who's interested in South African football I've got mm. a book that I can recommend um, called More Than a Game uh, which is the story mm. of football and apartheid at Robben Island. Definitely well worth a read. Um, if you like your football stories and you like your history um, and you like your politics, then mm. go no further than that book. It's, it's a book that's been put together. Um, it's been out quite a while now, but it tells the story of, uh, of how this, the, uh, the prisoners on Robben Island during the apartheid regime in the 60s um, started to play football and how football brought them together and... Being the sort of people they are, or they were, they went and followed the FIFA rules and got themselves a rule book and, um, and built a league. And these guys ended up being the, the forerunners of, uh, of what turned up into the, well, the politicians that, that run South Africa, the Walter Sissokos, etc. I've met one of the guys, actually, whose who's st- the story of the book is, is, is about, a lad mm-hmm. called Tony Soze. Um, and he told me about it firsthand, and I'd recommend that to anyone. So, uh, if you're into that, right? Sorry about that. I just thought I'd <laughs> let you know a little bit, a little bit of stuff. Uh, what a, what a, yeah, what a week who'd have guessed? Uh, you know that uh, this time last week, um, you know, it had all kicked off, as you say. Mm. Um, we had we had the situation that that occurred with Craig Hope. We had the more importantly, from my perspective, we mm. had the fact that the the guys and the and girls on the fans forum felt as though after the way that the performances had taken uh, that we'd seen against Stoke and then the, the performance at Bournemouth that you know mm-hmm. something drastic needed to be done again and that uh, we ought, we we sat uh, in front of our laptops and telephones and, mm-hmm. and over the weekend pulled together a letter um, which uh, we sent as an open letter to the club on Monday and uh, who would have guessed that uh, some of the salient points that were raised in that letter were going to be taken forward by the club um, and that by Friday, 
we uh, we had a situation where Steve McLaren was gone, uh, and by Friday, three hours later, we had Rafa Benitez in his place. Uh, I've just been sent a message actually, Steve, that um, um, I've been asked not to name him, but why did um, why did the fans forum not demand um, demand Lee Charney's resignation? Why didn't we? Yeah. Well, write 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 to someone and demand that they resign. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, the, I'm just the person that's been asked the question. No, so no. I thought I'd be, I, I, I thought I, you know, you know no, me. No, the reason, the reason, yeah, the reason, the reason being that the fans forum members uh, collectively decided that um, what we were there to talk about and and together was the most uh, pressing point, which was the performances that were seen on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And if anyone, bearing in mind that we we understand that, that Lee Charney runs the football club on behalf of Mike Ashley. Um, I don't see the point in sending the letter, uh, demanding someone resigns. Uh, the letter was targeted to, walk to the board, pointing out what we, we felt as fans was going wrong at the football club and putting the onus on them to put it right. Um, I don't think there was anything in the letter that said, sack Steve McLaren. Uh, I don't think there was anything in the letter that said, um, you know, put uh, Graham Carr up against the wall and shoot him. <laughs> Um, or line up all of our players and, and tell them one by one how rubbish they've been. But what we did was we pointed out the problems that we, that we felt as supporters were occurring and, and put the onus on them to do something about it. Um, and their, their decision that they made, probably were making it anyway, if they had any probably. sense and if they could see what we could see, um, was that they needed to take action, and drastic action, um, I know that the criticism that's that's flying their way yeah. that it took them an awful long time. Do I have sympathy for Steve McLaren that he's lost his job? It's very sad that someone's lost their job. Um, it's very sad that someone who's a millionaire is, is now going to have to sign on. Um, but it's football. It's a nasty business. It's a results-based game, and the results didn't come. So someone's head's no. on the block. Um, we could have asked for them to sell every single player. Um, because quite frankly, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people felt that dropped the whole lot of them the way that they performed against against Bournemouth. Mm. But that wouldn't have got Newcastle United out of a hole. That would have just left us with uh, 11 players who were no longer available to play for the football club. <laughs> we yeah. need those players who are earning uh, an awful lot of money to come to the table and, and show what they're worth. And if Rafa Benitez, who's been given the job as manager, can make them do that, then all well and good. Was it the right Was it the right time to do it? Probably not. Maybe it should have been done two months ago. Maybe it should have been done straight after that abysmal performance in the cup against Watford, or maybe straight after the Watford defeat where he went, where McLaren went out and played virtually the same style of football yeah. after already failing once at Watford and then failing again. But hey, it didn't happen then. But the straw that broke a camel's back was what we saw at home um, against a team that could could have been dragged back into the mire. Um, and a, a, a team who were result against at home shouldn't and most definitely should have been um, three points for, for us as a football club and didn't happen. Mm. And that's why we're now in the situation we are. I think the biggest criticism of most fans that we, obviously, you know, we, we live here, we know what it's like. So the, the one big thing is the, 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 the inequities of the team and the management. We had 18 days where this could have all happened, Rafa would have been in a far stronger yep. position where he is now, and we wait 18 days for this to happen. Newcastle United wait against Bournemouth 
thinking he'll they'll win today because they won the last couple of times when McLaren's been under pressure. How Lee Charnley? This is not my own personal opinion because I've had many people harangue me about it. But um, when it comes to Lee Charnley, when they they delivered Rafa Benitez, he's with Benitez, looking like the the guy who's got the the Cheshire Cat. If he had done his job properly, we wouldn't we would have a chance. I don't know what you think, Neil, but because I think we've got ten games left, it's going to be a bloody miracle. Look, Andrew, you know fine well, and I've said it on here before. I think McLaren should have gone ten games ago, I agree. but he didn't. He didn't. Um, we've got the situation where now, and I'll say this: the one thing about the fans forum, it is really easy to sit and criticise it. It's the easiest thing in the world to do to rubbish something, to criticise something, to have a go at something, telling people what you should be doing. And what I'd always say to anybody who wants to say anything like that, well, come and do it. Mm. I've spent most of my adult life talking with other fans, interacting with other fans, trying to galvanise and organise, vocalise and articulate other fans and their ideas, bring fans together, bring war and factions together, try and sit across tables with people who hated each other and try and make it better. I've done a lot of it alongside Steve, as people probably know. And if they don't, they do now. Um, and the one thing I'll keep saying, and I'll keep saying again, every time anybody wanted to criticise, I have a pop. Whenever they were faced with, well, come on and come and do it, there was always a reason why they could not. There's jealousy, one I think, as well. About, isn't it? One, one thing about this fans' forum letter, if I put it out to the press here, and it got a really interesting response to the press out here in the Middle East. And it wasn't used for, for once in ages, for the first time in ages, as a, as, a, as a vehicle to say, look at these mad Newcastle fans. It was actually held up as an example yeah. of articulate fans trying to interact with a board to try and make them see sense about what was going on in a football club. And then, okay, the timing's still rubbish, but yeah. something has been done. How much has, has been the influence of that letter? Well, do you know what? Without those fans sitting around that table interacting with each other face to face, I don't think anything would have happened. I'm not saying that it was done because of the letter, but what I will say is, without that letter, we might still have McLaren here now. I think it's part of the bigger picture. It's yeah, part of that, yeah. that, that, that ability yeah. to interact. And anybody who's prepared to sit and snipe and take pot shots, have a go. Because you know what? I've, I've, yeah. It gets to the point where in the positions I've been in, you get shot at so many times, you have no brains left, and you stop caring. The interesting so thing, the interesting thing, shot. Steve. Yeah, exactly. I think Steve. The interesting thing about the letter, it won universal praise. Like I didn't hear, I especially at work, you know, because there's lots of Newcastle fans there. I didn't hear anybody say, "Oh, this, this, and this." That letter, to me, um, got their attention in a big, big way. Um, and I, and I think this, you know, I think you should be applauded for what you do because. You know, when things happen in Newcastle, you have to be able to do, you have to re- react quite quickly. And the fact that you did it so quickly, um, what, what was your feelings when you, when, when everybody was writing this down? And it must be, it must be quite an interesting group of people uh, to get involved in it to, to actually take this action. Well, it's the same. It's well, it's probably fifty percent of the group are the people who also wrote the, the letter at the end of last season where we said. Uh, that the whole way that the club was communicating 
Um, and the big problem was the, the way that Mike Ashley communicated. And uh, a week and a half later, Mike Ashley came out and, <laughs> and, and spoke for the first time on yeah. TV. So there's an example of, of another coincidence or uh, a situation where people listen. Um, there was criticism. We got criticism right in the, in the early few few moments, and it was up on on Twitter. And there was you know there was a few Bob comments made about yeah, great idea, but it'll get you nowhere. Um, you know, but, but that's that's you know that's I, we, I put that down to, to to nothing other than the same sort of cynicism that I've carried in my bones for God knows how long <laughs> uh, when it comes to Newcastle United, and I could understand where people come from. But what happened was, as, as momentum picked up, as, it, as the letter was picked up by the press, um, as it was picked up by the BBC and by ITV and Sky TV, and then we had all of the main press men on, and then we had the foreign press guys who hooked onto it as well, mm. and, and the BBC and ITV locally as well as nationally. Um, the momentum took over, and then it, 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 people started to look at what was being said, and all of a sudden, you no longer had the people who were calling Newcastle fans um, misguided um, or deluded or um, pro- I think there's probably two I think the only two I can think of were probably Charlie Nicholas uh, and Paul Merson who <laughs> yeah, all exactly. week um, have, 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 have had a pop at the fact that um, you know this is not this is this is a one bloke who, who would never say a word against Aston Villa fans who've been protesting all season um, and, and a bloke who played for Arsenal or two both of them who played for Arsenal whose fans are wanting to get rid of a manager who has probably given them more success than any other manager yeah. until you go back to the 1930s. Um, and, and to me, you know, sitting there at third top in the league, they were at the time when the, they're still in the, in the quarterfinal of the Champions League, although they've got a big game coming over on Tuesday night, I think, against Barcelona, which looks like it's gone. But, you know, hey. if we had been in that position... We, would, we wouldn't be slagging off the manager who got us into there. We'd probably be giving them the freedom of the city. Yet we're the Steve, ones who are called deluded, you know? Steve, I'll tell you. Tonight on Dubai Eye Radio, they had a phone in for an hour asking Arsenal fans to text and ring in about what's wrong at Arsenal. And, and the best comment of the night from one of them was complaining that a couple of FA Cup wins was just papering over the cracks of what's wrong with that club. <laughs> and I nearly crashed my car the central reservation. I'm thinking, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo for you. A couple of FA Cup wins. Amazing. I mean, don't get us wrong. I've got Arsenal fans out, out here one minute. And, and I can understand that frustration in that. They're seeing great managers go to other clubs and they're feeling like they're missing out of, out of that chance while Arsene Wenger's coming here at the end of this time, and I can see the argument, I can understand it, but to use a phrase like an FA Cup wins just papering over the cracks of what's wrong with the club. Twice in a row. I'm sorry, that's just... Oh, it's, it's poor. You know, come and, come and 18 years in a row. 18 years in a row in the Champions League as well. Exactly. It's just not good enough, is it? It's just not no, good it's, enough. It's funny, they make more noise coming out the stadium than what they do in the stadium. And I find it laughable because they, they, they can't... I think because they've been led by one Piers Morgan who constantly, constantly, like, without rhyme or reason, um, you know, talks about his, his club. <laughs> it, 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 again, it, it feeds to the masses. It feeds to the, the, the way that they go on. 
and it, it's they're not living in the the real world of football. No. I've always thought this season was going to be Arsene Wenger's time up. Anyway, I think sometimes it's just time to go, isn't it? But um, you know, they might fight, they might go the same way as Man United when they got rid of their their, their manager. What do you think, um, Steve? I think there's every possibility. I heard I heard someone on a, another radio station this, this evening on the way home was talking, and then they, they said that there, there's some Arsenal fans who want um, Jose Mourinho as manager, and they said that, that what they would like though would be the dream team of Jose as manager and Arsene Wenger moving upstairs. And I thought, <laughs> can you imagine that? You can imagine Wenger said, "Oh yeah, tell you what, move us upstairs." Bring, bring, bring me Nemesis in, you know. <laughs> bring, bring Arsene Wenger, like, uh, bring uh, Jose Mourinho in below me, you know, and uh, but, and, I'll, and I'll and I'll lead him. I'll lead him through and tell him all his faults. You know, what, you know these, these people are living in cloud cuckoo land, quite frankly, cloud cuckoo land. But getting back to getting back yeah. to Newcastle and getting back to to where we are. Were you surprised with uh, Craig Hopes? Were you were you surprised by what McLaren? Said about Craig Hope in front of Craig Craig Hope. Uh, how it went how it went down? I, I was, I, I, yeah, I was surprised. I, I was surprised that it, that it took a, a person in insult uh, to 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 actually fire him up, mind. You know, mm. I mean, that's not too fine a point on it. I mean, we, we, what what happened and what subsequently happened? It, it, he, he hit a raw nerve, obviously. Mm. Um, and that raw nerve was immediately hit back, wasn't it? You know, so um, I think we knew that McLaren was a wounded animal. Mm. Uh, Craig hit a hit a tender spot with him, and then all of a sudden um, he said what he thought <laughs> rather than thinking about what he was going to say. Came out with with, with the remark, um, which which Craig took uh, took umbrage to, and then that sort of triggered triggered his reaction. It triggered you know subsequent story and subsequent articles that Craig wrote. It would be nice for Craig to have that passion and 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 that get up and and you know start slashing from the waist a few months ago. And and a lot of I know that a lot of the press lads are in a difficult position because they have to write the facts, but um that's you know, it's probably for a different day and a different story and for a different person other than me um to to comment on and but that that's just the nature of the business, isn't it? What what we have now is, is a situation where whether whether Charney made the decision too late, uh, whether the club themselves made the decision too late, whether it should have been 18 days earlier or 18 weeks earlier um, or 18 hours earlier, doesn't really matter because now we've got a manager, now we've got something to focus in for 10 games. The feel-good factor that we've got Buzzing around the town and in the in the offices and, and workplaces for the last sort of 72 hours in the build-up to this game, uh, I think everybody's just in complete shock and, and amazement that they've gone out and hey, compliments, compliments to, to Lee Charney. Perhaps the previous five days were spent convincing <laughs> Benitez to come. Who knows? Perhaps he's been trying to convince Benitez for the last 18 days. We don't know. But what we do know is we managed to get Benitez over the line, and uh, that for me is a big, big plus for Newcastle United because it shows that there's willing out there. And the number of punters who turned round and said Newcastle, who, Benitez, rubbish, never get him. You know, would mm. never get anyone of the calibre of that. They're probably going to end up with a calibre of someone even lower down than 
than Pearson. Um, you know, what you're going into the dead men's zone, and hey, they've got a bloke who at the start of the season was the manager of Real Madrid, a man who's managed Inter Milan, a man who's managed Valencia, who's managed Liverpool, who's won the European Cup. <laughs> it, it, that's, we have to look at it on the positive that way. If he can, I mean, if he can get a result today, if he can get a point today, or if, or if he can get a performance out with those players today that look as though with 10 minutes to go and 5 minutes to go, and if we're losing 1-0, that we could still get back into the game and, and, and win the game, or at least get a point. If we, see, if we see that sort of passion, if we see that sort of commitment from the players today, then I'll be absolutely over the moon, even if we don't come away with the three points, because I think that will set us nicely up for Sunday. Um, can we get something from today's game? Yeah, of course we can, if the mindset's right, because we've got quality players, but a lot of those quality players haven't shown themselves for quite a number of weeks now, and they haven't shown themselves away from home all season, if the truth be known. Yeah, give me a score then for tonight before I bring in Lee. Oh, no, no, not a score. <laughs> no, don't do that to us. Don't do that. I I, I'm not going to put my neck on the line. Definitely not. I, I've, I've got it wrong so many times that I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it so that I can sit there at, at quarter past ten and go. Got it wrong again. Nah, no way. <laughs> give me a score line. For, give me a score line for Sunderland. Oh, I'm going to hammer them. <laughs> you think it's going to be three nil? 3-0. Wow. Okay. So, the thing is, who do you think, obviously before I bring in, um, God, I've got two people calling now. Um, if you have, who do you think is going to be more worried about that Sunderland game? Um, Rafa or uh, Sam Allardyce? Sam. Without a question. Sam and Rafa don't get on, do they? No. It's, 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 there's, there's been, there's been awkwardness between the two for quite a long time. There's a lot of Bob comment over the years flown their way um, it's going to be interesting it's going to be good to see um, Sam's got a lot to prove uh, coming back to Newcastle again hasn't he you know he, he'll always want to get one over on us um, but the, the atmosphere is going to be well it would have been electric and red hot anyway but I think we're going into it with a lot, lot more hope than we did have yeah. um, this time last week right well thanks very much for coming on Steve we're going to be yes, re guys. we're going to check everything for yes, Steve check everything out next week and hopefully we'll be on a crest of a Rafa wave thanks Steve <laughs> take care yeah, cheers thanks, Neil. Take, take care. Yeah. cheers cheers Bye. always good to have Steve giving his robust views on the fans forum isn't it Neil? it's always great it's fantastic absolutely uh, well obviously we're going to the next the guest we're going to bring on before Chris Parry comes on it's going to be Lee Johnson from the posh part of Chester Street yes I've said it again good evening Lee hello mate alright I not too bad. So tell me. Sorry, mate. Ah, good. So tell me, what's been your uh, thoughts on the the rigmarole that goes through Newcastle United the last week or so? It's been amazing, hasn't it? Ah, uh, well, me, uh, me, I'm I'm just on the house. I should be on the house phone here because my phone needed a holiday after last week. That was just absolutely <laughs> to the point of ridiculous no return. People at work were looking at us, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" As I kept mm. flicking up, down, left, right, forward, right, back. <laughs> what they're doing here? Have they sacked him yet? No. Who's coming in? The Benitez story started. I was like, "Nah, surely not. Not a chance. Not a chance." 
And then obviously he turns up, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, we'll still mess this up, we'll still mess this up. And then we're sat no. far and then he comes in and I, I still can't believe we've actually appointed a manager of his calibre. The fact he's coming to, come, come to work for Mr Sports Director shocked us to the core, but maybe maybe, maybe this is a change in the regard. Maybe this uh, Rafa Benitez, who he's got a massive job on, can keep us up, Mike Ashley is eventually going to go right. You do what you want on the football side of things. My mistakes, my mistakes, putting these Burks in place after, mm. you know, and, and we're going to try and go forward. But the big problem, Andrew, is staying in the league because we've mm. got yeah. such a job on staying in it. I mean, look at the first 11 tonight. We're down to the bare bones. We're absolutely mm. down to the bare bones. I know maybe there's certain lads who are kind of on the periphery of being back, so he's maybe holding them back for Sunday because ultimately... Regardless of being a derby, we're playing a direct rival on Sunday in terms of staying up. Mm. So I hope that's why the team looks a little bit weak as such in certain areas, especially the back four. I mean, the mm. two centre-half, Jesus Christ. Mm. What do you think, Neil? Well, he, it's, this is the key. I think Lee's hit the nail on the head. Um, I actually do think this represents a potential culture shift. Um, because my understanding is that the sticking point, see, I, I got a text message off to somebody that is 100% reliable that the day before the news was breaking saying that Rafa was coming, it was a done deal except over total control. And that was the sticking point. But it was likely that he would come. And I didn't want to believe it. Like you, Lee, I was like, nah, we're going to mess this one up at the last minute. <laughs> and then I got a photo of him from the Hilton Hotel. Yeah. And I'm still thinking, well, he's just in Newcastle. That's, that says nothing. Then I got a photo of him outside St. James's Park. And I'm thinking, bloody hell, it's actually happening. Um, and, it, and it's difficult to work out. But it, I gather he sees it as a project. He sees it as something he wants to get his teeth into. I gather he's going to be handed the keys. That if he keeps us up, He's going to be allowed to do what he wants from academy up, and he's got plans and already in the mind. Um, I find the whole situation fascinating, and I think Lee's absolutely right. It could actually be that final nadir, that final moment of realisation that actually, if I do this the right way, I might make a lot more money out of it. I, I, I just don't know. It could go, it case, could go two ways, couldn't it? it could go, the hmm. case staying up, though, Andrew, we're not going to yeah. find out unless we stay up. So we've got 10 games, a mini-league, where we've got to win more games than two other teams. And that's, that's the bottom line. And we'll play a lot of the teams around it. It's in my own hands. And it starts tonight. And I just want a performance, like I said early on, to start the show. Performance tonight will start, because that's not my best 11. No. So I'll, I'll, the, I'll take anything. The thing is, the thing is, Lee, the... the, the the issue is always going to be, obviously it's great that he's come in, but to me, I've always thought if they go down anyway, like I think it's 60-40 split, I think, at the moment, but um, last week we were definitely going down. I remember even yourself, Lisa, didn't I think we all thought we were going down. Even from 10 games ago, it's, it was heading yeah. that way. But, um, you know, the one thing is, if he... If he's realised he's made a massive error in not bringing in Rafa Benitez earlier, um, we lose Rafa Benitez. We're going to probably lose Charlie. We're going to lose. We're going to lose a lot of people are going to go down. But he might sell it, and I think he will sell it. And that's the problem, isn't it, Lee? 
we, yeah, we could I be mean, we could we could we could go one way or the other this is the Jesse won't though yeah, the only way I'm trying to look at it is the minute is he's made a he's made an appointment which is which is the most positive appointment he's ever he's made within yeah. the club. It's certainly the most positive appointment since Kevin Keegan strolled back in, yeah, and I obviously agree. Bobby Robson Bobby Robson before that. The the moment it happened, the moment we knew Rafa Benitez was going to be Newcastle manager. I mean, all the lasses at work were looking at me going, "What's he? Why are you smiling at? What's wrong with you?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, you don't really understand. I got me adrenaline back. I was buzzing. I was thinking, right, this is and that, this is what everybody's like. So one thing the team's going to get, which some of them do not deserve." They're literally going to get our full backing for these remaining 10 games. There's no excuses. There's no place to hide. The fans will get behind this manager because they know, they know if we can stay in the Premier League next season, that we will trust his judgment, that we will trust him to go to the likes of Mike Ashton and say, sorry, Mike, your model is broken. You let me do what I want in a football sense of things and I'll fix this Newcastle United for you. We've appointed no. one of the best managers in world football. Not just mm. we have appointed. You look through the Premier League now. How many managers in the Premier League at this current moment are a better manager or have a better CV than Rafa Benitez? Is the one? Is the one? Probably not. No. So mm. you know, we've attracted him, and, and I'll yeah. see again until I'm blue in the face. You're United. What it's just proved is, regardless of what Mike Ashley's done to the club over the last few years, is still an attractive mm. proposition. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. ready made to be what it wants to be. I'll, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to pick on our uh, little neighbours down the road, but mm. Sunderland EFC would never have attracted somebody like Rafa Benitez. They are always scratching for you, Sam Allardyce's, you, whoever's getting linked mm-hmm. with it, all them bottom jobs, where Newcastle United can attract these kind of people if they want to be. If they want to be, it's just Mike Ashley needs to tap into that. And is he finally doing so? I hope so, but I just hope he hasn't left it too late. That's the worry. That's my main worry, Neil. Everybody's everybody's worry. One thing that Lee's touched on that I think is very interesting about players not deserving support. Mm. I gather in one of the first player meetings that Benitez had, he made it very clear that he knew that the manager had lost them, but he made it clear to them that they had lost the crowd. And I think that's a very significant thing for a new man to come in and say. Um, and I will be very interested tonight to see what kind of reaction we get from the players. Because he's picked some of them that, frankly, don't deserve to be playing tonight. Fit, uh, fitness issues and injury lists are not. You know, we're all, I'm not going to name names, but we all know who one of them is, the big daft well, friend so-and-so. Well, Neil, I'll, Neil I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the amazing powers of restraint that I had last Saturday against Bournemouth with my five-year-old son next to us when Sissoko got the hook. The amazing Aye. powers of restraint, not to swear. I was furious. Aye. And he deserved the reaction, although it made us feel slightly uncomfortable. I was thinking, you've been getting away with murder for ages. Yes. And he, and he, and he did. And in reality, he got exactly what he deserved. And he probably thought, whoa, because I, I really do think the likes of him have been jollying on, thinking everything's rosy, I get picked all the time. No, Aye. there's no problem. There's no this, there's no that. And uh, the, some of them need the biggest... I mean, we haven't just been saying this, like, now. We've been saying it for months on end for the last couple of seasons. Oh, the guy's been an embarrassment, man. He, 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 sum, he fundamentally sums us up on the pitch of how we've been run off it. Embarrassing. Yeah. No. The thing is, uh, well, <laughs> g- give me a, a, g- before I bring in Chris Pye from uh, the United States, tell me, give me what, what do you think is going to happen tonight, Lee, and what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? I just... I just tonight... 
tonight I won I think it's tonight's a bit of a free hit. Nobody expects us mm. to win anything. So I wanna see a performance, I wanna see some organisation regardless of what the setup. And then if we can pin something like fantastic, but you'd kinda of write it off for points if you're looking mm. at it that way. Sunday is huge, it's a derby for one. Um you're hoping there's going to be a few more bodies back. Townsend on the bench tonight, so he'll get a few more days extra training. And the game's massive. One thing that the team is going to get on Sunday, though, and the place will be rocking. Mm, and, the players be, need, yeah. and the players will get our full support. So I'm not going to give you a prediction for Sunday because I don't like predicting derbies. But all I, I can, I can, I, there's either two ways it's going to go. I'll either be back home by 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock with me head in the pillar, or I'll be found Monday morning in some gutter, more of... <laughs> of me brain so I hope it's the latter <laughs> well great stuff thanks for coming on Lee I always appreciate it and I'm giving you time before the, the match starts how's that eh thanks Lee thanks Lee take bye care bye. see you next Monday bye. cheers bye bye always great to have Lee on full of passion always spot on as ever um, bringing in the next guest and that's Chris Parry calling from United States of America and if he even suggests that he's on a golf course, there will be blood. But the only blood we've had in the last week has been McLaren being dragged, kicking and screaming away from Newcastle United. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. How are you? Hey, Chris. I'm doing okay, guys. I mean, it was a, it was a saga. And of course, I followed it through Twitter. And I, I couldn't believe it. When it I, you know, I just kept waiting for the, the stupid, well, we just couldn't get him over the line, you know, type yeah, exactly. thing. Saying we, uh, but let's, we talked about this months ago. I said that Mike Ashley is going to do whatever it takes to stay in the premiership. I said he may go try to go buy you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, he can't do that. So he went and got his manager. That's <laughs> what he did. <laughs> uh, it was... Uh, it, it, it was uh, it's such a great appointment. It just—I uh, was trying to explain to my wife. I was like, you know, this guy's one of the best managers in the world, and now he's managing—you know—managing my my team. It's—it's so—it's just fantastic. I can't wait to see. I hope they didn't leave it too late. I think that this should have been done after the Chelsea debacle. Yeah. I really do. And we—we we wouldn't even be talking about Newcastle in relegation places right now because they would have already gotten points from their last mm-hmm. two games and been out of the yep. darn relegation spot. But maybe it needed to be this desperate for uh, for Lee Charnley to get the word from Mike Ashley to say, hey, do whatever it takes. And, uh, and that's what it took. Well, the, the, prob- the problem is, isn't it, it's like um, when you look at how long they waited for a guy that, as Neil pro- uh, probably agrees as well, that you know it's all about his vehicle, for the for his exposure, he showed his inexperience running Newcastle to wait this long, because they would have still continued if if we had beaten if we had beaten Bournemouth, he would have still been the job. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, I think McLaren still would have had the job. It's uh, it, it was and it wasn't just and honestly, I think if they'd have beaten if they'd have lost to Bournemouth, but like on a goal late when Newcastle played really well, then he mm-hmm. might still even have a job. It was not that they got beat. It was that they looked absolutely... They, they looked lackluster. They looked disinterested. This was a home game in front of the huge crowd at St. James, and you need to win. 
and it was it was it was just disheartening to see the performance that they put out. Was it? She had choice. She had to do something big. You and I thought of different. You know, we talked we talked and, and texted back and forth, think or Twitter you know, by Twitter, thinking that you know, different managers. And uh, and I've and I've watched uh, you know I've, I've looked at some of Neil's tweets as well. Mm. We all thought it was coming, but not in our wildest imagination did we ever think it was going to be Rafael Benitez. No. Yeah. no. Uh, well, that performance against Bournemouth was a proper capitulation. It was as bad as any capitulation that would suffered under Pardew or under Carver. It was it was just rank bad. It wasn't as even if it was an unlucky performance. Uh, own goals aside, it just was awful. And and when it's that bad, there is only one thing you can do about it. And you're quite right. I think if we'd scraped a point or, you know, even got beat with a last-minute goal but played well, McLaren might still be in a job. Um, and, and we've all said it tonight as well. I, I, even when I knew it was likely going to happen, I still didn't want to believe it because I had this feeling that we, we've always got this amazing, amazing ability to knock it up at the last minute. And and it was just going to be an accident waiting to happen. You almost didn't want to believe it. And it wasn't until I got the picture of him standing on the blinking <laughs> steps by to Bobby Robson sent through just before it went on to Twitter. I'm thinking, oh, it is actually happening. Um, madness. And Jordy's all around the world. If you look at the worldwide reaction through Twitter, is is with this mix of, there's, there's an excitement back. There's a proper buzz back. And we've got no right to have that at all because we're bad. We're a really, really bad team. We're a bad team. We were in the position in the league that we are because we're that bad. Um, yet all of a sudden there's this buzz and this, this good good feeling. And, and tonight, as, if, as, as two or three people have said tonight, it, it's a free game. Let's see what we can get out of it. At least let's have a bloody performance and then take it from there. I agree. I agree. I think, Neil, I, I, mean, I couldn't agree more on Andrew. I thought whenever when Newcastle played uh, Leicester at the start of the season, that was when you really were you know because Leicester was winning, but you're thinking okay, you know if they're eventually going to see the light and it's and, and you know the cream's going to rise and they're not going to do this. They showed up to St James and they bossed the game like we'd never seen before, and it was beautiful to watch. Even it was it sucked as Newcastle uh, fans that we couldn't get the ball, but they never gave us a chance. They were just in complete dominant control from the opening whistle. And I was thinking, this team almost got relegated last year. How are they this good this fast? And we know now it's because of the manager and Marez. Marez, what a what a player he is, my goodness. Yeah, so and, and of course and Vardy scoring goals left and right. But now they're at the top of the table and they're doing exactly what Newcastle couldn't do five years ago. You know, Newcastle, let's be honest, they, they absolutely outkicked their coverage. They did much better than everyone thought they were going to do. And they kind of faltered down the stretch. They almost kind of got found out a little bit a few times, and they didn't, they didn't, they didn't challenge for the top four. They didn't finish it off. Man, Lester, they're, they're doing it. Can you believe that Danny Simpson is their, is their yeah, fullback? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. my goodness gracious, and good for him. You know, because he, the only reason why he's at Leicester is because that was one of the clubs that would take him. And now with a bunch of guys that nobody wanted, mm-hmm. they're in first place in the, in, the, in the Barclays Premier League. It's a terrific story. I really hope that they win. I just hope they don't win this game. <laughs> that's the thing, know, isn't I'd it? Love yeah. to them win. I just don't want them to win tonight. And, that's and, the thing, uh, Neil. Yeah. That's the thing, Neil, isn't it? <laughs> Leicester's everybody's favorite team. And until Benitez was over, over the line, we kind of expected to lose anyway. 
Well, that's right. Oh, I, I, to, be with, to be honest with you, I couldn't give a monkey's what to do. Mm. It's about, about us now. We've got a 10-game season in a mini-league. And what goes on anywhere else in the table is not my interest now. Exactly. Uh, I'm firmly focused on that bottom and, and getting out of it. Um, and it's, yeah. and it's, two, it's, it's two from three. It's as simple as that. Perm two from three. Um, but I guess it's a better situation than we could have been in. Because I was expecting it to be six points behind by now. Am I not? Absolutely. We got, we've got very lucky with some teams not taking points. But, gentlemen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I don't think 33 points are going to keep Crystal Palace out of this. I think they're going to fall. I think they're going to come really? right down to us. I think, yeah, yeah, I think well, if Newcastle can get some victories, then I, just, I, I, see this, I see Norwich and I see, and I see Crystal Palace. I, I, maybe, you know, maybe even another, maybe even Swansea. I don't. We know for a fact that 33 points isn't enough if you can't win. I mean, uh, and that's when and Crystal Palace doesn't Crystal Palace res- remind you so much of Newcastle United in Pardue's mm-hmm. you know second third year where things were flying and they have absolutely gone off a cliff. Thank goodness for at least the the cup competitions for them. But see, that's kind of how it was for us too. We were doing really well. Remember in the away in the in the in the not the what the Europa Europa League, and uh, and that's kind of how we were able to save face while we were just nose diving in the Premiership. It's but a bit anyway, crazy, though, isn't it? It's a bit crazy, isn't it? Though they're giving them a new contract. <laughs> yeah, well, it's I don't know, but. Guys, let me tell you what I think has taken place in Newcastle and Newcastle United, and I will compare it a little bit. You guys love my little comparison <laughs> to American sports, so I'm going to compare yeah. a little bit. We all know who Jerry Jones is. We know he's the owner of the Cowboys. We know he wants complete, total control. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care, da-da-da-da-da. Well, about five or six years ago, he decided, you know what, I'm not going to have control. I'm going to hire Bill Parcells, who's one of these coaches mm-hmm. that has to have it all. If you take Bill Parcells, he has to have he has to do the draft. He has to which you do draft for us is your transfers. He has to do has to have total control. And Dallas got really close to almost making it happen, and then it kind of crumbled at the end. That is what happens here, in my opinion. I think that I think that Ashley and Charlie Ashley told Charlie, "Look, I don't care anymore. I do not want to be in the championship next year. Go make it happen. Go give this guy what he wants." Mm-hmm. And guys, I'm telling you, if Newcastle can do this, which I think they can do, next year is going to be wonderful. Next me, year with, yeah, with the be. new designated manager, so well. it's going to yeah. be one, it's going to be one of the more exciting, enjoyable seasons that we've can, we, we've had in a while. Before before I bring in the last caller, tell me, give me a score for tonight and Sunday. Well, I think it's probably going to be about. Uh, one nil or two to one, uh, and Newcastle's going to lose. I mean, this is Leicester for crying out loud. They're playing to try to win to win the title. But gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait till now till Sunderland on Sunday. I mean, it's, it's going to be just fantastic. I think it's it's gonna, gonna be is it Sunday? Is it Sunday or Saturday, gentlemen? Sunday, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm actually going to drive to Dallas. There's a huge watch party that's going on at a at a pub in Dallas where all of the Newcastle supporters from all across the country, if they if, if they're still going to try to do it, are all going to come to Dallas uh, to that watch this good. game and and raise mm-hmm. hell and drink and have a and have a blast. It'll be so nice to see Newcastle you know, to do the Mackums. It'll be fantastic. We we also have a new system in place for I've got new servers now, so. Uh, when I obviously when the show ends, I'll let you know in a couple of days how any supporters over there can listen to the show, so we can get them on. It's a bit like what Neil 
is doing right now, but we've got a new system, so it's actually free for people to, to actually call, to listen into the show and possibly li- be like what I'm doing now. They can li- they can actually come in and talk. So I'll mention that later on. But give me a score for Sunday. Give me a score for Sunday. It's gonna be it's going to be four to one Ooh. Newcastle United. Ooh, that's a big one. Okay, thanks so much for coming on, Chris. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Talk to you. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Great. That's ever great, isn't he, Chris? Always nice. four, four one. What do you think? Always good crack. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd take take out me to be honest with. You. <laughs> well, we've got until New, Newcastle game kicks off in four minutes, so we've got four minutes of John. Tell me, John, what's your feeling for tonight, and uh, how excited are you to have Rafa in? Um, you know what? I'm just over the moon. I'm just in a shock, really, for Rafa to come in Newcastle. <laughs> and the reason I say that because if you've told us that in here that Rafa Benitez is going to be the next Newcastle United manager, that sort of thing, I'll be asking them that person, why have you been drinking? <laughs> I would have to look at it again. I have to do it to get twice. I said, oh, yeah. It cannot be him. It must be, it must be someone else. You know what I mean? And then when someone tweeted and said, it is Rafa Benitez, I was all out of the moon. It's fantastic. I mean, you could not ask a better person to come in, come to our club, right, trying to save us from relegation, and this guy will get us out of it. And you know why? Because the players will look up to him. He's an aura. He's a stature. He's a winner. And he will demand the players to perform to the maximum. And he's going to get out of them. Yeah, I think that's the, the the one thing, isn't it? It's just complete excitement, isn't it? Like um, when we when he when he when Neil said he posted a picture up there when he walked past the Sir Bobby Robson um, um, memorial, um, mm-hmm. the headstone, it was unbelievable. When I when he saw that, you knew it was real. <laughs> oh, it's just absolutely amazing. I mean. I, I just like a, a kid, 16, 15, 14 year old kid, just jumping off and being in the house. It's fantastic, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's a shit. He should have come in earlier on, sort of, and the moment he got stuck around Madrid, he really should have sat in McLaren there and then get this guy mm. with the sort of thing, we'll have a better chance. But he's coming out and he's getting a fantastic reception as well. But I'm just glad he's here. It's, we should be buzzing tonight all the time for the end of the season. I mean, all Newcastle fans should be buzzing as well because he's here. And once he's signed, once he's at a press conference, I've got every belief in this guy. He is just going to turn his cover around. If he gets a back in the summer, if he keeps us up, exactly. I, I, I'm just destined for big, big things from him in the summer. You never know, we might sign Hulk Gonzalo, who got in for Napoli, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some breaking news for you. Uh, Eto Karanka it will stay on as Middlesbrough head coach, which is a bit of a shock, but hey. But um, okay, the match is just about to start, so give me a give me a score for um, tonight and Sunday, John. Right, um, tonight is going to be. A, I think your opponent's performance. I still, I think we're going to lose one 0 sadly, but I expect a very good performance on the Sunday. And on Sunday, I'm, I'm not going to say four one. I'll be um, a bit optimistic. I'm going to say Newcastle. One Sunderland nil. I take a one nil. Okay, great stuff. Thanks, John. I'll let you go and watch the match, and uh, Cheers, we'll catch John. you next week. We'll catch you Cheers. next week on the show. But thanks for thanks for waiting, coming on. Cheers, mate. No bother, lads. Enjoy the game.
Yeah, thank you, mate. Yeah, Cheers. Yeah. Thanks very much. Bye well, now. a great show. Thank you very much, John. Well, a great show tonight. Thanks everybody that came on, and you you will be able to hear this uh, ma- uh, match, this game, sorry, <laughs> this show on iTunes, and you can download it straight away once I press the magic button. So it's going to be totally different from now on. Uh, we're going to have a new page up: www.toontalk.co.uk. You can go there. You can put your views on there. You can also listen back to the show via iTunes. It's going to be good. And you hopefully you've listened tonight. If you enjoyed the show a bit more clearer than it has been a while. But it's Newcastle United. Who knows what's going to happen next. And Neil, before the game starts, anything to add? He's Just, I'm sorry, I'm being distracted by the match in the background. <laughs> um, look, thanks everybody for hanging on in. Um, and let's just, just get behind everybody for the next 10 games. It's all we can do. And just be there and let's, let's ride the wave. Should be fun. Should be fun. James Caven uh, just sent you a message. Um, he Aye. just said, enjoy that, Mitch. We'll log on a bit earlier next time. Come on, Newcastle. What a great way to end the show. Thanks for uh, listening to the show. Uh, James will be on again next Monday from 6 o'clock with the main man in Neil Mitchell. Thanks, Neil. Talk to you soon. Yes. All right, yes, thanks, Andy. Rich. We'll talk again next week. Bye. Bye.